0: Guys, this is gonna be an exciting conversation.
1: <laughs> Hello. Go. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, Mr. Pastor Manuel.
0: You're doing good? It's I good am. to good to have you here. Let me remove this photo out of okay, there we go. Oh my gosh. Pastor Steve, I am looking forward to our conversation tonight. I've been waiting the whole week. I don't know, some people over there probably have been waiting the whole week as well. Because That's good. Things are going to get spicy over here. Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, by the way. I'm just What I'm going to do now, guys, if you are here live right now, before we even start, I just want to ask you to share this live with some people. Hi, Jess, how are you? Uh, hi, Desmond, how are you? I'm just going to show some people here because, man, tonight it's going to be amazing. We're going to discover. <laughs> I heard that pastor Steve is going to tell us when Jesus is coming back and all of that stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, not really. It was a joke, okay? Eh? It was a funny joke, by the way. Mike, oh, yes. Mike is a very creative person. Okay, I shared I shared that with twenty people.
1: Uh, how is your day today? Me, yeah, yeah my day is good. It's nice Come to be on. level three.
0: Yeah, it's good. I was out today. Had a coffee for the you first had a time. Coffee. Where'd you get a, a coffee flat white? From, from um, there is uh, a, a Baker's Delight. Over here, you've probably been there. Next oh, to yeah. it, there is a coffee store. Oh, and yeah. I went there, so. Did, did <laughs> I, you go to some, KFC,
1: McDonald's? No, nah,
0: nah, I don't do KFC. I don't do, I don't do that stuff, Pastor Steve. You know that? Don't you? No, that, you, I'm you, serious.
1: Don't, you don't want to defile that glorious temple that you are working
0: on. I don't want to defile the body of you know, the temple yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Right. Guys, if you're joining me today, uh, I just want to, uh, once again, just, uh, man, Pastor Steve, thank you so much. Um, yes, I, I believe that tonight's going to be uh, uh, just, uh, you know, I, I'm not the guy who understands much about the end times. But one thing I have done that most people have done, I believe, here yeah? we have watched the movie Left Behind. Come on, somebody. Well, there you go. If you have watched the movie Left Behind, can you please some, give us some emo- some hearts, some emojis? I'm quite sure there is a lot of people that have watched it. I think there is three movies, actually. They came up with three movies, right? Um, Right. But it was, I remember being scared to
1: death, you know? So you're the (laughs) sad guy if you got left behind three times. It really <laughs> felt rejected, man. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. And, uh, but since
0: ever since uh, that, that movie came out, I actually started doing uh, a little bit of more research on that. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I read the book of Revelation like five times. It was the book of Acts and the book of Revelation. I don't know why. I love those two books, uh, yeah. because I wanted to know when Jesus was coming back and everything, well, so tonight, guys, we're gonna be talking about end times. I'm gonna be asking Pastor Steve lots of questions, and if you do have a question, you can just leave it in the in the question box over here. So you don't need to write in the comments the question; you can just write in the box so I can read later. Otherwise, as people write in the comments, I'll I'll, I'll miss it. I won't see the question. So, uh, but let's uh, let's start, right? Shall we start? Okay, let's start this thing. Oh my gosh! By the way, you probably know Steve. I don't even need to introduce him. He's a uh, uh, he, Pastor Steve is the principal of the Cooper's college and he preaches everywhere as well. He's, um, he's, he was supposed to be in Berlin somewhere in Germany the, uh, yeah, by now,
1: right? Three weeks ago or something. And <laughs> <missed out. laughs> missed out. here I am with Manuel. And
0: there we go. What a yeah, privilege. Nice. Look at that Germany has got nothing on us, man. We, we yeah, are yeah. here on Instagram. Uh, hi afraid. Carl. Good to have you here. But Hey, Let's just start. So as I mentioned, I watched the movie Left Behind, and, right. and it came, you know, the Bible doesn't quite mention the word rapture, okay? But we can find, depending on the interpretation, you can find references to, to the rapture. You see it in First Thessalonians 4, 15 and yeah. s- to 17, refers to Jesus coming back, and then the Christians who have died being resurrected first, and then those who are alive, being caught up in the clouds with Jesus. So in a way, yeah. it gives a reference that people will, be, will disappear and meet with Jesus in the sky. So the yeah. question is, what is the rapture? Is is, it, is there such a thing? Should we expect the rapture to happen, or is just a misinterpretation of Scripture? What is that, Pastor Steve?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things you talk about in the Bible is kind of major on the majors and minor on the minors. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of uh yeah you're right and you know first Thessalonians it talks about when he comes back be caught up together with him in the clouds but it's like the rest of the bible and revelation at the most puts that as one little event in a far bigger picture of the return of Jesus the defeat of Satan you know the the defeat of evil and the final uh, resurrection from the dead and the final um Restoration and creation of a new heaven and a new earth. So it's almost—I think it's almost a false kind of um, like. It's almost not about—is it true or not? It's like it's not really the main points. And wow. And because—and if you notice it, you know, but even uh, even verse fourteen that we believe that of First Thessalonians four, we believe that Jesus died, rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with those. And so the whole emphasis is Jesus is coming back in power. Yeah. Uh, and so as some part of that, there's a catching up into the with him. But so some of the historical background that people say is when, a, you know, a visiting king who had conquered a city uh, comes towards the city, his representatives in the city come out of the city to come back in with him.
0: Wow. And so,
1: you know, it's dang. like— Dang. Wow. Yeah, dang. So it's like— I didn't yeah, know that. If, if you get— <laughs> The point is, if you get caught up in the clouds, where are you going with him then? Well, even verse 14 said he's bringing back here because we believe in the return of Jesus. Whether there's a gap of a few years or days or whatever, it's like the main point is he's coming back in power to defeat Satan, you know, to raise the dead, to bring a final victory to his whole kingdom and and create a new heaven and a new earth. And so, you know, I am... which is two of the issues, which is why it's good to start with this is, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember teaching a course about end times quite a few years ago mm-hmm. and, and talking about the, like the final four chapters of the Bible are about God restores everything that got lost in the first four chapters. Yeah. You know, wow. Starts creation, heaven and earth, finishes new heaven and new earth, sin yeah. enters, devil enters at the end devil's destroyed, sin is destroyed. And it's like, so I, I, I remember a woman in the class going, oh, I've been listening to podcasts for 20 years about the end times, and I've never really realized, you know, wow. he wins. Because people get so <laughs> excited on yeah, yeah, the yeah, scary yeah. stuff wow. in between. And it's like, that's not the main, you, you want to really focus. The end is about Jesus' total victory. And so yeah. the I think the real danger is it ends up becoming a whole kind of um, almost a whole form of Christianity and the gospel. So what it's like, oh, there's going to be an antichrist. You know, there's going to be a great tribulation, but we're going to be raptured out. So here's the gospel. If you pray this prayer, you won't be left behind. Wow, well, I don't on. find that as the, the gospel is much, much bigger than that. Come on. It's the good news of Jesus's kingdom is coming, that Jesus is restoring. And it's like, uh, so, A, I, I think the gospel's bigger. I think yeah. the good news of the final is much bigger than that event. So, you, But here's the really serious thing about it, Manuel, is, yeah. is the kind of mindset that you end up with. And I don't know if you noticed, because I knew we were doing this, Pastor Sam, when he was preaching on Sunday morning, he talked about the difference between an evacuation mindset and an occupation yeah. Yeah. mindset. Yeah,
0: he did. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and that's his point. You end up with a mindset that we're the little remnant and we're waiting to get evacuated from this place because it's going to get real scary versus the mandate of Jesus, which was pray for his kingdom to come, pray for his kingdom to advance, pray that we take territory. So here's the scary thing, Manuel. Those movies started in the 70s. Since the 1970s, Christianity has lost its impact in the world.
0: Wow. And, and the
1: question is this, that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because people are like, the worse it gets, the more that proves we've been getting close. Where it's like, no, it's getting worse because you abdicated the call to wow. bring the kingdom to have a good news mm. that's big enough to change your world. You know, you're called to be salt and light. We're supposed to make a difference. We're not called to just wait that we get raptured away while this place goes down the tubes. So that wow. when you say, what do you think, it's like, Okay, A, at best, it's a small part. B, the gospel is much better news than that. Wow. It actually has a scary implication because it it ends up we back off. Every time we see something bad, we go, oh, that just proves we're getting closer. Wow. Rather than going, you know, before, a lot of this stuff came from a guy, J.N. Darby, in the 19th century, uh, who packaged this whole thing before his time, Christians had wow. a vision like we're here to give our lives to bring transformation. So someone yeah. like William Wilberforce would give his life to re- change slavery. They'd give their lives yeah. to change, you know, prison reform, hospital reform, because they believed that we had a mandate to see God's kingdom come.
0: Wow. So wow.
1: that's the scary thing. That's what I think that's the most serious negative implication yeah. of that kind of focus. It's like wow. it. we end up, We end up, as Pastor Sam said, just waiting to be evacuated from this place as it goes down the tubes. Jesus said, "You are to be the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're supposed to bring transformation. This kingdom is supposed to. This kingdom is supposed to be like yeast that has an impact. And so you could actually go. I'm not disputing the fact of at one point we will be caught up to meet Him, but it's almost I think." uh, the way that it's been used has, A, it creates fear. Yeah. We're scared about all the stuff. And B, it makes us abdicate our real mission.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's wow. a long answer. Sorry. So good. This is so good. But I don't know if you noticed, know Pastor Steve is those kind of people that just throw some thoughts that it's, it's common to him, but to us, we're just like, wow, wow, wow. So if you. I just want you guys to interact with us, okay? If you like what you're hearing, just drop some emojis, just make some comments. (laughs) And also, just so you know, I'm not going to save this live. In fact, I'm recording it right now, so I won't save it. So if you miss it, you miss it. And what I want you to do right now, if you haven't shared the live yet, I still have quite a few questions here. Uh, Just share with some people, okay? Uh, Pastor Steve, this is just the first question. Oh my gosh, I'm really excited for the coming ones. You touched a little bit about uh, you know uh, the references uh, to the book of Revelations. I just want to yeah. I I just want to understand. So the book of Revelation was written by John, uh, uh, the Apostle John, at at approximately ninety five A. C. To start off, the book is quite. Quite a complex book to understand. Yeah, it stretches yeah. people's imagination. It displays the battle between good and evil, and yeah, yeah. And, and and But in the end, we we see that the supreme power of God overcoming yeah. evil and the salvation that is available for yeah. for those who believe, for, the, for those who are faithful. The question is, how do you do you do we interpret the Book of Revelation, okay. and also the other writings uh, uh, yeah. when it comes to the end times?
1: Okay. So um, I remember when I was a pastor, I preached a series on the book of Revelation, and I had a man who had been in full-time ministry his whole life. He was in his 60s, and he came to me and he said, do you know what? I've been scared of that book all of my life until, until we've preached through it. And for me, wow. actually, one of the keys is Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. Here, here's what I see. You're not reading it rightly if you don't feel blessed reading it.
0: Wow! If it's wow, scary, you're
1: not reading it right because it's designed to bless you and encourage you. Wow. It's the one book that says if you read this, you're gonna be blessed.
0: Dang! This so, is so like,
1: That's my default grid. I've got. I'm not. If I'm reading stuff and it's scaring me, I must be reading it wrongly. Wow! And it is. My, it is bottom line it is the most strangest of the styles of books you know we have poetry we have proverbs we have history it's a thing called apocalyptic you know proverb are parables of the things about a lady making bread or a farmer sowing seed you know apocalyptic you have like a dragon with 10 eyes or 10 heads or something and it's like we really i mean that's like nightmare stuff for us the point is it's not supposed to be Wow! Uh, it's supposed to, so the whole theme is Jesus is on the throne, God's on the yeah. throne, God's got this, He's taking it forward. The final victory. Here, you know, here's a little point I talk about at college. Yeah. Often in our mindset, you know, the devil is this God's this nice guy who's over heaven. The devil's this scary guy who rules over hell and torments. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Revelation twenty <laughs> says this. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur and they will be tormented day and night forever. The devil doesn't rule in hell. The devil is prepared what? as the place where he gets punished. He wow. Do nothing.
0: Dang.
1: So it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to be stuck by the Antichrist and then I'm going to be in the devil's going to be. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. The devil's hell is for the devil. If anyone wants to join him there, God's not going to stop them but the hell is the place where the devil gets punished
0: wow he don't rule
1: nothing this this is
0: so good
1: so again that but then you know um again i think this yeah so revelation is all about god's on the throne god's on control jesus is taking this forward and the final victory the devil is punished the death is defeated those loved ones that you lost are coming back to life and, and finishes with this amazing picture, which, as I said, kind of the opposite of the rapture, that yeah. um, Revelation 21, twice it talks about the holy city coming down out of heaven. It's not about us wow. going up there, it's about coming yeah. down. And it, just in case you're in doubt, repeats it again in verse uh, 10, showed me the holy city coming down out of heaven. And wow. the, the conclusion in verse 3 is this, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he wow. will dwell with it. Cause it's like Genesis one, again, you got to read the last four chapters as the undoing of everything that got messed up in the first four chapters. So God wow. made the heaven and earth as it's united. They've been broken apart. And the end game is when finally there's a reconnection and a restoration
0: and wow. God is
1: present with people. And here's the deal we actually get to rule and reign with him for eternity come on and it's like man you need to that's the that's what i mean it's like oh when you say end times think about glorious new heaven and earth the devil finally got rid of dead people brought back to life again and us with christ in his glory ruling and reigning forever
0: wow So
1: that's
0: what you want to focus on. Wow, so good. Man, man, I'll be just, anyways, just, I haven't, first, I haven't heard uh, talks about this for a while. So it's good to get a refresher. But even getting, more perspective on this. I love it. So yeah. Pastor Steve, in your opinion, so are the end times imminent? Are we, are we
1: living right now in the end times? So what, what, what's okay. that? Which kind of goes back to your question about how do you read the book of Revelation? And, yeah. and I guess because um, some people see it as some events that happened, um, you know, back around the time of, you know, the end of the first century. Some people see it as totally future. Some people that see it as historical progression. Some people mm. see it. Uh, well, the image that I like is like successive waves at the beach. And it's like yeah. one day, because actually, um, just as a bit of a key, John says this in First John. Dear children, this is the last hour, this. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. He's like, wow. this is not just a one-off prediction trying to figure it out. It's like, this is like, a, these are like patterns. These are like waves of stuff that happen. I mean, if you lived in Nazi Germany in the 1940s, if you lived after the communist revolution in Russia, if you lived in North Korea today, yeah, it's like John would say, that's that same spirit. There are these same patterns of someone who, who presents himself as the savior, but actually is destructive and violent and wow. just brings death. You know, there's that pattern of the four horsemen. He comes as a white rider looking like great hope, but again, then just red, blood follows him, black, famine follows wow. him, pale, death follows him. And it's like, these are patterns that reoccur over and over. Wow. And, I think, and I think, you know, what, for me, how I see it is there was a pattern in the first century This happened, yeah. you know, John's in exile and being persecuted, but there, are, there have been these same patterns. And, and yeah. I think, one of the one of the keys then is to see, um, you know, the Bible Revelation presents things in sets of seven, and I don't people who do these big complicated charts. I think they're trying to force something because always it's like oh, there's this. It's like you grasp you grasp many patterns, but you don't see how the whole thing fits together. Like because yeah. there's a you know there's a pattern of C, of opening seals there's a pattern of seven yeah. trumpets there's a and the very fact that one of the set of sevens he's told not to tell us about kind of implies that no one's got the whole picture
0: yeah wow. but in the yeah. middle
1: in the middle of it there's a pattern of seven um signs and again yeah. I'll, like if there's if you see a sign that says toilet you don't go and do a p under the sign You know, it's not the reality. It points to something. And so the signs of a dragon that's been cast down to the earth, the sign of a dragon that raises up uh, evil leaders, the sign of a dragon who raises up evil religious leaders. Like these are patterns that happen over and over again. And it just helps us navigate. Like don't get thrown by these things. But just one other, well, I think one other important key, there are some things that we think scary, like you on your thing, you put the whore of Babylon or the, <laughs> the, the whore of Babylon. <laughs> but it's like it's like political satire because you know the the leaders present themselves like oh, I'm a man of peace, and then like if if someone in North Korea drew a picture of the of the leader as like a, a raging beast they're actually poking through the facade like you are not a great leader i'm exposing for what you really are yeah. you know? and so the whore rome had a had a, a figure their goddess roma they symbolized the goddess of rome as this beautiful woman of peace and john is really like no you're a whore that's drinking the blood so wow. it's not actually. Oh, I should be scared. It's actually a political statement, like no, wow. expose you what you're really like.
0: Wow. Like someone
1: standing up. It and Daniel did this. He's like these yeah. empires. No, they're like wild beasts. You might because yeah. Romans talked about. Oh no, we bring peace. And John's like, no, you're a savage beast. You kill people. Wow. And so we shouldn't be scared by the images. They're actually exposing these political pretenses around. So the whole thing is, and you know, Daniel has this beautiful vision of these four raging beasts. And then he Mm. says, I saw one like the son of man. And it's like, Oh, that's our hope. One day there's going to be a a kingdom that has a human face to it. Of real peace, of, of, of real love, of real gentleness. That's when Jesus rules. And so it's kind of a political thing. So all of that just says, this book is designed to encourage you in the midst of dark times. Yeah. It's actually apocalyptic. It's like lift back the veil. You know, it was written by a guy who's an, old, an older guy. All his friends have been executed. He's been tortured, dipped in boiling oil. He's in a cave. And it's like he could feel like everything's failed. And apocalyptic actually means pulling back the veil. And it's like go, God goes, no, John, let me show you what it's re- what's really happening. I'm on the wow. throne. We got wow. this, it's all going to work out, and we're going to win in the end.
0: Wow, this is and, so and good. Like, that's
1: how you want to read this stuff. Come on.
0: Man, this is, oh my gosh, Pastor Steve, you are, you are a walking Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it. Um, hey, um, just uh, another question here. So uh, in Mark 13, verse 32, it says yes. that no one knows that the day or the hour that the end yeah. will come. But in Matthew 24, Jesus speaks on things that will happen before the end. So he yeah. gives some signs, you know, he, he shares, yeah. you know, with his disciples what, what's going to happen before the end comes. Yeah. Uh, the question is, <laughs> and you probably won't, won't know this one, when will Jesus come back? We, we, nobody knows anyway. But what yeah. are the signs? Uh, what are the signs of, of uh, you know, when Jesus will come back before he comes back? And, and also, how will he come back? Because there is a, a reference to him. So he was ascended from the Mount yeah. of Olives um, yeah. uh, in the beginning of the book of Acts. We see that. And also yeah. there is a, 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 a scripture that refers to him as coming back on the Mount of Olives in Zechariah uh, 14, yeah. verses 3 and 4. So how does that work? When will Jesus come back? Uh, how, what are the signs and how will
1: he come back? Okay, so the last one's the easy one, that the first time he came almost hidden in weakness and vulnerability, when he comes back, he comes back in glory, and it's visible, and everyone will know. And finally, every (laughs) knee will bow. And that's why we ask people now to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Now you have an option to choose to submit to this wonderful news. But there will come a point when he says, okay, we're... We need to actually stop this chaos anymore, and now people submit to him and so he's going when he comes back it says he'll return in glory and there's a quite a moving tragic picture that you know Jewish people who didn't recognize him the first time will weep when they see him and realize, oh my goodness our Messiah yeah. did come two thousand years ago, and we missed him um, wow. I think again that whole thing of signs is a Part of that thing of these waves of these things. So he talks about, you know, wars. And, but he actually says, when you hear these things, don't freak out like, oh, it's coming, it's yeah. coming. It's like these things happen. You know, the rise of wars, the rise of famines, the rise of false religious leaders. And it's like all of these things will happen. Uh, what Actually, one of the images that Paul uses and Jesus uses is the idea of birth pains.
0: Wow.
1: That again, yeah, it makes you pains. focus on, you know, uh, my daughter-in-law just had a baby five days ago, you know, and it's like my son was saying, oh, it's amazing. The transformation straight away after the baby's born, all the focus is on this beautiful baby. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's painful to give birth to this new wonderful thing that God's doing. Uh, So it's like, yeah. And you know, if you're like now, yeah, there's wars, there's famines, there's stuff that happens. It's like we live in a broken world. That That is frustrating, and, but it's yearning towards something. It's like we're birthing this new thing that God is bringing, which is an interesting way to think about the difficult stuff that's happening. See it as not like, oh, it's all getting darker and the devil's yeah. about to take over. No, this is like the birthing of a, of the new creation that God's going to bring that comes wow. when Jesus returns. Wow, um, come on. Yeah.
0: It's good. I love it. Um, hey, uh, so, there um is- Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Will you tell
1: me when, um, one of the interesting things, you quoted Matthew 24. So Jesus yeah. does a speech, and it's actually a bit complicated, Mark 13, Matthew 24, because some of what he's talking about is about what happens in AD 70, because, you know, they the this, this statement is like, oh, look at this temple, and Jesus said, you know, this it's not going to be standing, and they go, when yeah. will it happen? What will be the signs? And some... Somewhere in there, again, he's not clear what, when's he talking about AD 70 when Jerusalem was destroyed? When's he talking about the end? And again, it's the sense there are patterns that keep reoccurring. But do you know the really interesting thing in Matthew 24, he finishes with three parables, okay? The parable of this good steward, and then the parable of the virgins with the oil, and then the parable uh, that Pastor Sam talked about, about the talents. Do you know there's a common factor in all of those? You read it. It always says the master was away a long time and the steward stopped looking after them and started beating them up. The ten wise virgins, the bridegroom, was a long time coming and they ran out of oil. The parable of the talents, it says after a long time, the owner came back. Here's the deal. When we preach end times, we're often like, what if Jesus came back tomorrow? So that is easy. The challenge is, what about if he doesn't come back for a long time? What about if wow. he does serve Jesus for the next 50 years? What about if he's not coming back for 100 years or 1,000 years? Are you investing in your life to see the wow. long-term transformation of his kingdom? Are you, what about if he's not coming back? Because that's wow. the bad thing that those movies did. People gave <laughs> up on changing their world.
0: Yeah. We're like gonna bring literally, when
1: I was 18, I was told, you guys are never going to be married. You get, this is the last generation. Jesus is coming back. And Christians stopped training. <laughs> I don't want
0: to hear that. <laughs>
1: Christians stopped training to go into education and politics and law wow. and stuff because, oh, Jesus is coming back. Do you know, Martin Luther, there's a saying, I don't know if it's true or not. Martin Luther was asked, um, what would you do if G- you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow? And he said, I'd plant a tree. Which if you wow. think about it, it's paradoxical because it's like, I just need to be found being faithful, playing the long game. And if he comes back tomorrow, he's going to commend me like, well done, I found you serving wow. me, investing your talents, working on things. And, and the, I reckon the biggest challenge is, yeah, if Jesus comes back tomorrow, that's cool, we're done. But what, wow. about, if, what about if I got to think about my gra- the world my grandkids are going to live in? What about yeah. I think about the law and the education and, and the flourishing of the church for my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids? Wow. What wow. about I think about that? It's so like, good. oh man, um, that's worth, that's, that's actually the discipleship point Jesus makes yeah. out of Ma- Matthew 24. Get ready if it's a long time. You're going to need enough oil for a long time. You've got wow. a long time to invest your talents and see something wow. change. You've got, to, you've got to serve God for a long time. Come on. And it's so like, good. come on, we, we need to know he's coming back. But when he comes back, I pray he finds us faithfully playing the long game.
0: Yeah. Wow. So good. I love it. Continue on Matthew 24, yeah. uh, Jesus, <laughs> he says that this gospel will be preached throughout the whole world. And yeah. then the end will come. Yeah. Um, when I first became a Christian, I read that scripture, and for me, I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus will only come back when we preach the gospel in all nations, yeah. when the gospel is being preached in every tribe, yeah. every nation. So the yeah. question is, uh, so will will Jesus only come back when the gospel uh, is spread out throughout the world? Does that mean that Jesus will come back only when, G- when, when the gospel will be preached everywhere,
1: or... Yeah. Well, we because don't know what he count, but he, again, you need the big picture of the Bible. Jesus came and at the cross and resurrection won the victory. And now he's created this window where people can step into a salvation and, wow. and to see his, and he said, you know, God promised him in some, your troops will be willing on your day of battle. Like people yeah. are going to step up. Like, let's get this message of the kingdom out. Let's get it to the whole world. Now, he actually said he didn't know we don't know when god counts that the mission's done but because he's not back yet we know it's not done yet
0: come on okay okay so when and the if mission you is done
1: the coming of the kingdom get out and spread the kingdom more
0: come on okay that's that was the the question that's good i love it um yeah you touched a little bit on it uh you know my, one of my questions was if jesus is coming back anyways yeah. Why should we, as a church, still fight for justice, care yeah. for the welfare of our cities, work to end crisis in the world, especially the yeah. one that's happening right now? So don't, don't we just want to, you know, <laughs> to to let it let it all fall apart and Jesus yeah. will come back? So so why should we, should the church continue to fight for justice when we know that Jesus is coming back?
1: You know, Jesus told a parable of that the um the widow who keeps demanding justice and banging on the door. And he says, oh, finally, the judge will give in and say, yes. And Jesus makes an interesting conclusion at the end. He said, when I come back, will I find, will the son of man find faith on the earth? Faith that says, come on, God, there's more. We want to see your kingdom. Again, don't major on the majors. Our mandate is your kingdom come, your will be done. Again, I mean, this is a bigger story. You know you need to read the New Testament in light of the old the Old Testament, their visions in Isaiah was of justice and peace and righteousness, even the lion laying down with the lamb and and no more pain and and the swords being beaten into plowshares, the spears into pruning hooks and it's like it's like god's kingdom is much bigger than a ticket for you to get to heaven god's wow. kingdom is the is the transformation of his world, and here's yeah. the point. we're called to kind of model, we're called to drag as much of God's future into our current reality as we can, wow. as a foretaste wow. of the kingdom, as a sign of the kingdom. Yeah. And, and one of the questions is, again, interesting, um, you know, it talks about a new heaven and a new earth, of fire. It's like, is it a fire that burns everything and he starts again? Or is it a fire that purifies? Because wow. if you think about it, when, Jesus, when God sent the flood, it cleansed and the earth, kind of had a fresh start you know yeah. and one of the thoughts is in in um, peter talks about revelation that that god doesn't generally Here's a god doesn't generally abandon what he started yeah he redeems it and do you know the greatest wow. sign of this is this why i yeah. believe this is the empty tomb Come because on. jesus when god resurrection which is the symbol of new creation he didn't say oh jesus oh well that body's finished let me give you a new one he resurrected the old thing and it still bore the scars wow and god is a god who redeems and it's like our job is to redeem this thing our job and and to the resurrection is a sign that maybe god's not just going to wipe it all away and start again but somehow he's going to resurrect the wow. best of what we had. And, wow. and, and again, you know, going, that's why you need to read the whole Bible. You've got to go back to Genesis. Our mandate is to care for this place. Wow. That's why we <laughs> look after it. And Pastor it's like Byron, got, stop again, it. our stewardship is, we're going to answer, yeah, for how well did you look after this place? That's what it means to be human, to be God's yeah. vice regent looking after this place. And he's like, wow. you trashed this place. You were poor yeah. stewards. So no, wow. I'm, I want to steward this place and I'm going to present it to him and God, God, I did the best to steward this place, to redeem this place. And then he's going wow. to somehow transform it into something glorious.
0: I love it. I love it. Wow. Uh, some more questions. You, you touched a little bit of the new earth, the new heaven. Um, yeah. uh, some scholars say that the beast referred in, uh, to in the, in the Re- Re- Revelations 13, is the Antichrist. But um, at the same point in 1 John 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 3, it says that the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. Yeah. Uh, the question is what,
1: who, and where is the Antichrist? Well, we kind of talked about this like half an hour ago. John's whole yeah. point is it's a, it's like what? It's a spirit that there's been waves of this thing. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Antichrist, John said the Antichrist spirit was already around in his time. There are expressions of All throughout history, there's been expressions of that. That goes back to where the book of Revelation is pictures of how these things work. Now, there probably will be one climactic kind of where, because here's how history works. It's like, you know, we're talking now, 100 years ago, there was a massive world war, massive death. At the end of it, it issued in a a worldwide flu epidemic where millions of people died. I mean, if you were standing then, you thought the end was about to come. And it's like a wave like the tide went out again and then it came back in again in the 1930s with a great depression leading to the rise of the nazis the second world war and it's like you know there's been these if you again if you live in if you're a christian in iraq now you're getting people getting beheaded by isis and stuff it's like it's not like oh i wonder when this is all going to happen it's like we know what it's to live in these times and it's like yeah i think it's more like Learn to read these patterns, I think we kind of talked about that maybe yeah, we did okay. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, there is a there is a scripture that points out to so the, to suffering uh, yeah. in first in in Thessalonians uh, chapter five verse nine, it says that God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through yeah. our Lord Jesus Christ, and yeah. in Revelation three verse ten it says that since you have kept uh, my command to endure patiently. I will also keep you from the from the hour of trial, the wrath yeah, yeah. that's coming, that's going to come to the whole world. Yeah, uh, yeah. Does does this these two passages imply that for the believer we can expect to be protected from suffering yeah. when it comes to so the end this times?
1: Is, it, <clears throat> that's where you want to know what's the main thing that everyone agrees on and what are the things they disagree on. So actually, this before you get to that. Christians yeah. disagree about this picture of the millennium, of a picture of a thousand years. I mean, yeah. what do you in a book that's highly symbolic is that literal or not? So some people go, yes, premillennial, Jesus returns and ushers that in. Others postmillennial, no, we bring it in. Others a millennial, no, it's more symbolic. For the premillennial people, then they have a sense there's a dark time before that, and so then yeah. they end up arguing and fighting. Well, does Jesus come back before the great? tribulation, or after, or halfway through, uh, be, and and one of the arguments is that, no, he will, we're not destined to go through God's wrath and that's a pouring out of his wrath, and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is the Bible quite clearly says you go through dark times and trials. I mean, John yeah. had been tortured. All the other apostles have been executed. So, yeah, I totally, how well, that, have, probably the best answer is like, have your convictions, but Christians disagree on that. Are you are you pre, middle, post tribulational? It's like, well, we're gonna I, we get know. ready to go through some dark <laughs> times. I know yeah. that we're not convinced about wrath. That's, I mean, particularly churches in America, they kind of like they expel people on these things. It's like, no wow. major on the majors. Don't don't yeah. get so fixated on minor points. And Paul talks about this. You know, on certain matters, Christians disagree on. And so, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, there's some different views on that.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's good. You touched a little bit on this. Uh, perhaps, you, I don't know if you want to add anything else, but it's part of the questions that I have for you. When it comes to the new earth, referred to in, yeah. in Revelation 21, uh, it talks about the new earth, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem. Yeah. Yes. Does this mean that the earth will be completely destroyed? There will be something new coming? New Jerusalem. What was John referring to when
1: he was talking about this
0: new earth, new
1: Jerusalem, new heaven? So, again, most of us, actually, I love, like, I always at the last lecture of a year at Bible college, I end up always talking about this and kind of point out, and I always love kind of slamming like, oh, after a year, you guys aren't even, you don't even think like Christians. um, Because most Westerners have this idea, I'm a spirit trapped in a body and when I die, I'm either going to go to heaven or hell and I get the gospel so I go to heaven. And you're like, isn't that the gospel? And it's like, have you not read the end of the Bible? Because that's not, you know. (laughs) A, and that resurrection doesn't fit. The Christian hope is I'm going to be raised from the dead. And B, the Bible started with a heaven and earth. It finishes with a new heaven and a new earth. It shows that how we're thinking about these things is not deeply Christian. It's actually more uh, Greek philosophical and medieval. So Jewish people, it's about this world. And the whole end game is for God to recover his creation and renew his creation. And so, again, you know, for most of us, it's like, oh, am I going to go to heaven and sit on a cloud playing a harp? It's like, have you not read how the book finishes? And so the challenge is... If that's not your ultimate hope, you haven't got a really Christian mind yet. You're thinking in yeah. categories that aren't Christian, that the hope is resurrection from the dead. Death is the final enemy that Jesus destroys. He wow. he, he sends the devil into judgment. He raises the dead back to life. He restores his creation, and we yeah. rule and reign with him into eternity, whatever that's going to look like. So it's wow. like... Um, yeah, there's uh, like for some people, just that should be enough to mess with your head. Like, oh, there's going to be a new earth. Like, that doesn't fit with what I wasn't it all about how to get a ticket to heaven when I die?
0: Wow. Which yeah. shows,
1: oh, I need to rethink what wow. I think God's doing. And wow. again, simplest thing. Jesus said, pray this, your kingdom come, come. your will yeah. be done on earth as it is this in is heaven. Amazing. Wow. And that's what it means to be a Christian.
0: Wow. Love it. Uh, guys are asking some questions here that I'm going to be reading. But before we go into it, um, and into me reading those questions, uh, you uh, you talked a little bit about it as well. Uh, so in light of everything that we have discussed here about what will happen, yeah. how should we as believers act right now right in now. today's society? How, how What should we do while I read those questions in Select? A, yeah, a few, yeah. You can answer that question. Yeah.
1: So... Um, again, I'm on to the big. So, how did the book start? God made heavens and earth, and then He made, uh, you know, and then He made, uh, and then He made human beings. How's He? How's He renewing stuff? Well, up, He's renewing first of all us and our spirit. He's slowly transforming our soul. One day, He's going to transform our bodies, and then He's going to make a new heaven and earth. What's the best thing? You know, there's a famous passage at 2 Corinthians that says, when, you know, when anyone's in Christ, behold, and we often say he's a new creation. Actually, in Greek, yeah. it's not. It's like, behold, new crea- there's the new creation breaking in already. It's already happening. Wow. It starts with people being spiritually born again. So how do we cooperate? We spread the gospel. And, and wow. we call people into new life because there the new creation is breaking. And then we build communities that start living according to the values of this kingdom. Those are called churches. Churches yeah. are the assembly of the, of the citizens of that kingdom. And we, and we learn how to do that. And then we commission and they equip those people to go into their worlds that they're called to, to business and government and education and family and start making a difference wow. and be salt and light. You know, I love wow. the fact sometimes when I do, you know, Jesus taught different pictures uh, and, you know, he and they kind of they're complementary. And it's like, you know, often management language, we use the language of KPIs. So he's like he taught about fishing and sowing seed. KPI is how many fish have you caught? Are we winning people to Jesus? But then yeah. you talk about shepherding and building the church. Are we yeah. nurturing communities? Wow. Yeah, and then he talked about salt and light, and I always ask people, "What's the KPI of salt?" And it's wow. not how big's your salt shaker. It's not how much salt. It's like, does the stew taste better? So wow. here's the question with this: wow. here's what I say. Is Auckland a better place to live because Equippers is here? Wow. So because we're called to be fishermen, are we winning more people to Jesus and Equippers? Because we're called to so be good. shepherds, are we building community? Because we're called to be salt and light, is Auckland a better place to live because the church of Jesus Christ exists in this place? Wow. So what do you do? You preach the gospel, you build community, and, and you seek to bring transformation in the area that you're called to.
0: Wow, this is so powerful. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the questions that they asked, you have answered all of them pretty much. It's quite a few questions, but you literally have answered all of them. And, uh, oh, my gosh, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm just actually inspired. First of all, I'm inspired to continue to uh, um, not only pray, but but do my part in bringing God's kingdom down and allowing God to work in my life uh, so that I can make an impact in this city. So, so you know, is Auckland City a good city because, I mean, a better city because, I mean, I love that thought. Yeah, but, Steve, it's, but it's you, all three yeah. A's
1: because some people flip to one. We're all yeah. about the kingdom. No, we're about the church and the ki- We're actually three things. We're about the gospel, the church, and the kingdom. Come on. We want to win people to Jesus. We want to build strong churches, and we yeah. want to equip them to go out and make a difference in their worlds.
0: Come on, let's win some people to Jesus, especially during this time that people are open. Uh, Pastor Steve, do you want to add anything else before you... I know I had, I had 13 questions here, and you... You have already gone through all of them. <laughs> You're a machine, yeah. man. I think uh,
1: um, I just want to go back to that um, that passage in Luke 18 yeah. about um, the widow, Yeah. Uh, the persistent widow, Luke 18. Because people can go, oh, this is all idealistic. This is so big picture. And, you know, Jesus, this is what it said, Luke 18. One, Jesus told his disciples a parable this, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Like, King, wow. and, you know, it's a parable. There's a judge, neither fear God, cared what people thought. There's a widow, she's praying, grant me justice. For some time he refused. Finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, or care what people think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see she gets justice. Verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says. And verse 7, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Verse 8, I tell you, he will see they get justice and quickly. And here's Jesus' conclusion. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth?
0: Wow. And he's like,
1: will I find people still banging on heaven's door going, God, there's more lost people who need to know you. God, there's communities that I don't have the gospel churches planted. in. God, there's poor kids going to sleep tonight in Auckland, hungry. There's people living in substandard housing. There's there's sick there's sex slavery going on around the world. There's like, come on, God, there's more of your kingdom. You told wow. us to pray, your kingdom come. Come on, God, I wanna I wanna die best all banging on heaven's door, going, God, wow. there's more. And wow. I want to see as much of God's future break into my reality as I can. I know that I'm never going to see it in its totality until he comes back. My job is to drag as much of God's future into my present as I can.
0: Wow. You, would you say that that would be a thing to summarize this whole thing? That the, My job is to bring yeah. the God's kingdom now as much yeah, as I yeah. can.
1: Which wow. summarising, go back to what Pastor Sam said. We want, yes. we don't want an evacuation mindset. We want an occupation Ocupation
0: mindset. Occupation mindset. Come on, somebody, let's occupy this place. I Amen. love Pastor Steve. It's been an incredible 50 minutes. It, oh. You, you were like a like a machine gun I love it. Uh, oh, would, you, would you kindly pray for us? Because I really believe that man. As um, you know, I was just talking to the guys the other day. As we go back, the world won't be the same place. Ah, oh, yeah. But the question, the question is, are we gonna be the same people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we go out yeah. there. So, I'm for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking God to transform me because I want to be ready for what He's bringing because I believe yeah. there is a harvest of souls coming. People yeah. are open more than ever. You know, yeah. the other day a girl got saved through Instagram. Here. She messaged me yeah. later on. I literally called her, led her to Jesus like this. She joined a new group. It, it, People, I'm telling you, people yeah. are willing to get saved right now. All yeah, you got to yeah. do is open your mouth and share and people get saved. And I yeah. believe that in this next season, we will see many people coming to yeah. Jesus, especially those people that are in university right now, because now they're asking questions. They and are forming their beliefs. People and people are
1: looking for community where love and kindness is expressed. And yeah. people are saying, I don't actually want to go back to some of what our world was like. What about we change some things? And yeah. this is a moment to go hard for the gospel. The
0: importance of community now is just being enlightened. People understand yeah, yeah. it now. I need friends. So we thank are you. here to offer that. So Pastor Steve, okay. pray for us pray. to release okay. that that, uh, that anointing, whatever you pray. Okay. I will just receive.
1: Thank you, Lord. Okay, Father, we thank you that you've called us to influence, not to yeah. stand aside and just wait for an exit. And Lord, I pray for every person that's listening that they would they would sense an excitement in their spirit that I'm born to influence. I'm born to bring a change. I'm born to see something shift towards God's kingdom. I'm born to bring some of God's future into my present that people could look and say, now I understand what God's like. I want to be part of that as well. So God bless us, I pray with with incredible influence in this season and a whole, we we don't want social media influences. We want kingdom influences. Yeah, yeah. And I speak that into being in Jesus name. Amen.